Hi. 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 Welcome back to the Barefoot Office. I'm so, so glad that you're here. The sun is still up and shining on the tops of the houses around me as I'm eight foot high, eight feet high in my hammock, and it's early. And that feels good. So I invite you to take notice of the light around you, to take a deep breath, to take off your shoes. and to spend some time with Jesus. In these words from the end of Matthew chapter 20. And just notice what sticks out to you. And as they were departing from Jericho, a large crowd followed him. And look, two blind men sitting beside the road, hearing that Jesus is passing by, cried out saying, Lord, have mercy upon us, son of David. But the crowd censured them, demanding that they should be silent. But they cried out the louder, saying, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And coming to a standstill, Jesus called to them and said, What do you wish that I might do for you? They say to him, Lord, that our eyes might be opened. And moved inwardly with compassion for them, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they saw again and followed him. What word or phrase stuck out to you? For me, it was hearing that Jesus is passing by, cried out, and also moved inwardly with compassion for them. Or maybe coming to a standstill as I glance back at the page. And the second time as we read, where do you see God in this passage? And as they were departing from Jericho, a large crowd followed Jesus. And look, two blind men sitting beside the road, hearing that Jesus is passing by, cried out saying, Lord, have mercy upon us, son of David. But the crowd censured them, demanding that they should be silent. They cried out the louder, saying, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And coming to a standstill, Jesus called to them and said, What do you wish that I might do for you? They say to him, Lord, that our eyes might be opened. And moved inwardly with compassion for them, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they saw again and followed him. Where do you see God in this passage? When I was studying at Yale Divinity School, I went to church with a man named John Bonk, who was the head of the International Missionary Study Center, just a couple of blocks away. And at some point, he came in and gave a talk to the Episcopal students And he talked about distractions and interruptions. And that if you look closely at the Gospels, it's 
Jesus is walking around and who knows what his mission might have been because he's always getting distracted and interrupted. And it's how Jesus responds to those and what Jesus does that most of the work that we think of as miracles and of as being Jesus's ministry happens when he's responding to these distractions and interruptions. I see it with my kids when I just want to finish sending this text message. I just want to finish getting this thought out in a note on my phone. I just want to whatever it is. And my kids want my attention and start screaming. And I have to realize, oh, you are more important. Your sense of how well I am attuned to you, paying you attention, loving you is more important than whatever I'm doing right now that surely I can set aside and wait on for a few minutes. Jesus, it says, comes to a complete standstill. I also keep thinking about the protests that have happened, the site of the George Floyd murder, just a few blocks away from the house where I've been staying in quarantine because of COVID. And that intersection is still shut down. You cannot drive through it. There are concrete barricades, a block out in any direction, preventing any traffic at all from going through there. Still decorated with flowers and murals. Saw that people are still having food and water is still provided for anyone walking through. Selling t-shirts of various sorts to raise money for various causes. It's a rallying point. And I think how in a crowd, in a protest, you keep marching, you have slogans, you're shouting, whether it's abolish the police or defund the police or no justice, no peace, or I can't breathe, black lives matter. And if someone were to shout at you from the side of the road, You'd ignore them and censure them too. I would. And yet Jesus comes to a standstill and asks, what do you want? And he's Jesus, sure, but he's able to give them what they want, sure. But he comes to a standstill and he gives them attention. Distractions and interruptions where the work of God, where God stops and shows up. Maybe what you think you're doing, what I think I'm doing, isn't that important in how I respond to distractions and interruptions. Maybe is more important. Now, how that fits with being an actor or a reactor, I'm not exactly sure. And I'll have to give that some thought, but... Maybe it's just a call for discernment. To be aware of when I'm needing to be distracted. And how God can show up when I can allow myself to stop, come to a standstill, and focus on what the most important thing is, whether to me or to others around me. Hmm. Unsatisfying and murky as I talk through it, but it's what grabbed my attention.
And that's enough. This third time, as we read, what is God calling you to do or to be in this passage? Which is to say, what do you imagine yourself doing? What do you want to do because you have read and reflected on these words? And as they were departing from Jericho, a large crowd followed him. And look, two blind men sitting beside the road, hearing that Jesus is passing by, cried out, saying, Lord, have mercy upon us, son of David. But the crowd censured them, demanding that they should be silent. But they cried out the louder, saying, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And coming to a standstill, Jesus called to them and said, What do you wish that I might do for you? They say to him, Lord, that our eyes might be opened. And moved inwardly with compassion for them, Jesus touched their eyes, and immediately they saw again and followed him. What is God calling you to do or to be, having read and reflected on these words? What struck me was the two men sitting beside the road, hearing that Jesus is passing by, cried out, saying, Lord, have mercy on us. I am not one who asks for help. I have believed the lie and the myth of self-sufficiency as the summer becomes the summer. I'm remembering about a year ago having to ask my mom for money to get the only car that we had at that point fixed. How shameful it made me feel. How terrible how it took weeks for me to finally ask and how she said, of course. And gave help. I do not have the courage or the purpose or the (laughs) cough, cough, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, didn't even mean to, the vision of these blind men. I am not someone who likes to ask for help. I am not someone who likes to name my own needs. At some point in high school, I remember looking at my mom struggling desperately to try to get my third sibling or third in the line of the four of us so my second sibling I guess but to finish their homework and how difficult and how painful it was and how much of her attention it took up and how frustrating it was for her And in that moment, I kind of thought or realized or on some instinctual level said to myself, that will never be me. And when it came to doing teacher training and Teach for America, I saw someone who was what I liked to think of as constantly in crisis mode, always upset, crying, 
not understanding, not knowing what to do, needing to be handheld through the entire process. And she got most of the attention from our instructor. And when I had my one-on-one with our instructor halfway through the training, I said, you know, like, I'm not, I'm just never going to be that person. Like, I need help, but I'm not going to ask for it in that situation. Self-sufficiency. Independence. Lies that prevent flourishing in my own life. And yet I am addicted to them. And so while I don't have action steps, maybe it's just to create a needs journal or something or write out three things that I need every night so that when someone says, how can I help? I have a ready answer, but I'm much better at meeting others' needs than knowing or asking for help with my own. So whatever the action step is or becomes, it's just good to reflect on these two blind men who cry out in the face of a crowd, who make themselves unable to be ignored, who repeat themselves until they get what they need. And there's nothing wrong with that. They get what they need. We should all get what we need. And that would be amazing. The prayer for the Sunday closest to June 22nd. O Lord, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name, for you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness. Hope and joy be yours. For even in the worst thing you can imagine, even At the very rock bottom of your life, whatever that is, whatever it was, whatever it may come to be. From that foundation, that foundation is the love of God for you. The light of God which you have within you. The light of God which you are. Always.